It's impossible. The rebellion is finished. We're doomed. We can't just give in. Tell me again. It's time for the Jedi. To end. What? To end. Unexpected. The city will be destroyed for sure. Welcome to Star Wars Rant Podcast. This is episode number 38. I am your host, Brian Seddon. And joining me is the reliable Chad Viss. 229 days until episode 7. 8. Yes. What, is there a discrepancy? Eight. Oh, you're... Yeah, it is. Stop, start, over. <laughs> start over. Start over. Start <laughs> over. Episode 8. Episode 8. That was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And uh, we have Brian North. Hey, what's up? The unreliable. Yes. He was not here last week. But um, we did our trailer breakdown last week. And um, so we're going to give B-Nob a chance to give his thoughts on the trailer tonight. Then also I think he's going to uh, – he has a groundbreaking – new theory that's going to be the next uh big thing on the internet uh what do we call that when something a viral it's going to go viral on the internet i'm predicting and um so so we're going to have that and then we'll have some more last jedi news uh what else we got tonight some just other star wars news and then i think chad's gonna enlighten us on the thrawn novel and uh, and we'll see what else comes up. So um, you know, it's been a been a good time. Hope everybody's been enjoying watching the trailer over and over again and reading all the Star Wars news. But uh, B Nob, since you didn't get to tell us your thoughts on the trailer, why don't you go ahead and uh, kick us off with that? Uh, I really enjoyed the trailer. I probably watched it like six or eight, ten, twelve times the first day that it came out. Um. I also watched the same day it came out. I watched a side-by-side of it compared to the Force Awakens trailer. So a lot of the same beats of – it's almost like a scene-by-scene comparison between the two, you know, opening up with somebody like surprised and out of breath and um, then it cuts to a little thing and the explosion and just all the different things are so similar if you match them back up. Um, But I thought it showed a great – uh, entryway of into uh, the Last Jedi. I thought there were some great moments with Ray training, um, some great action sequences. Uh, what each character is up to. Um, great shot of Kylo Ren and his new scar that's a little out of place, but that's okay. Um, and uh, I thought that it was a great, great way to give us a little bit of the story with leaving a lot of intrigue of where the Star Wars series is going. So thumbs up? So, yeah, definitely thumbs up. It definitely sparked my interest. Um, Like I said way back in the day, I think when we one of the first times when we originally started early on in the podcast, maybe even before Chad was here, but I talked about my frustrations after The Force Awakens. After the excitement was over, um... I had this like looming feeling of not disappointment, but 
I was I was lost as a Star Wars fan just because the my whole life I had the original trilogy and then you watched the prequels where you you watched it knowing the ending so you were just sitting for, sitting and watching the journey to where you knew the story was already going to be and the biggest frustration after watching the Force Awakens was that I think it created more questions than answers and you were left with that feeling of where is this thing going now? You know, what what direction are we going in? And that the statement that Luke says that the only thing that he knows is that the Jedi must end finally sets us on a course of where the rest of the series is going to go. Yeah, so obviously that was the big uh the big thing to come out of the trailers and we talked a little bit about it um on uh episode 37 when we did the trailer breakdown but so is this where your theory is going into some of uh to some of this um yeah my theory you know obviously you know the whole storyline of star wars was um anakin bringing balance to the force and that was my biggest thing was you know now that we're trying to bring balance to the force um, and Anakin, you know, what we thought he successfully did in, in Return of the Jedi, where are they going with the story? And over time, you know, doing, you know, I constantly looked for the things that, you know, the signs here and the signs there. And it's great to have Chad on the podcast because he loops us in on the literature and, and what's going on in the comic and book world. Um, and then seeing the different movies. And now I think after they revealed and released so many books and The Force Awakens and even Rogue One, um, I feel like I'm finally getting a picture of where this is going, which is the Star Wars universe is, is a lot bigger and a lot older and a lot more ancient than that, that predates even the Jedi and the Sith. And that's where my theory comes in. I talked about on the podcast a few months ago how we gave our the- we gave our speculations of Rogue One, and one of my speculations that you guys shot down was that Rogue One is somehow connected to the Last Jedi Episode Eight. And my theory, I think that my theory that I'm going to reveal tonight, kind of put myself out there, is going to show you how Rogue One links with Episode Eight. And the future of Star Wars. Let's hear it. Okay. Oh, boy. It's like he's in a job interview. <laughs> yeah, I know. Or a first date or something. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, the Jedi uh, and the Sith, um, the Force predates all of that. Now, the, the link that I finally, st- the connection that I finally starting to see is that Instead of creating more content, um, the writers have been pulling from the expanded universe and other things to continue the story. They took characters like Thrawn and different elements of the expanded universe like Jason Solo and turned him into Kylo Ren. And they're taking those story elements and they're, and they're creating them in a canon universe. So how do they take Star Wars farther than the original saga that George Lucas put in place? And that's by taking George Lucas's original ideas when he was concepting Star Wars from the get-go of A New Hope and making those concepts canon in a way. 
Now, the three things that I noticed, Chad, is you read the novelization of The Force Awakens, correct? Not the whole thing, but some of it, yes. In the first section, there is a there is a poem or a little entry from something called the Journal of the Wills. I mentioned this on uh, last week's yeah last yep. week's podcast. Mm-hmm. The right little up. poem. Go ahead, Dove. Re- the little poem. The li- there's a little <laughs> poem about uh, oh, light and have dark and having uh, and being uh, and the new gray in refined Jedi sight. Yeah, I'm okay. paraphrasing it, but that's that's the gist of it. Okay, so that's the first time we've heard the uh, that journal of the wills. The second place we hear that is in Rogue One, where Chira and Baze, 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 are the guard. Are, they, they call themselves the guardians of the wills, and they and they protect the temple, and and they're not force sensitive people, but they're they're somewhat of force believers. They believe in the force. They, they it's a part of them. They 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 try to. They're followers of the force. Um, then the last one that's in canon is is in the Clone Wars TV series. Qui Gon tells us that he learned how to become one with the force from something called the Shaman of the Wills. The Wills is is George Lucas's original concept that these ancient beings that were kind of in the in the background of everything were recording all the things that were going on in the galaxy that were related to the force they were the watch keepers they were the they they kept records they were the historians that told the story um and that was his original idea for the force also he brought in that they need to find this crystal which is really has a lot of similarities to the kyber crystals that they've been using throughout a similar storyline that they've been using throughout the stories so here's my theory. My theory is that they're going to introduce the wills into canon, back into canon as a force. Now the wills, it's going to predate, and that's why you, we start seeing other evidence of this because they talk about how Luke searches for the first Jedi Temple. You see that Snoke and Maz Katana um, are both very ancient characters, characters that have been around for a long time. They're very old. You have other hints of this with Kyle, even Kylo Ren's lightsaber, how he has an ancient lightsaber, something that predates even the Republic. Just an old piece. It's, an, it, it's something that was used a long time ago. So they're showing these, these different story elements to, to show us that Star Wars has a deep history, way longer that predates the Jedi. So I believe that this group of people called the Wills were keepers of the force they were the watchers of the galaxy and what they did was they collected the wills collected force sensitive beings just like the jedi would recruit young people who were sensitive to the force the wills would would recruit these jedis and or not jedis but these force sensitive beings and to bring them on the bring them to a planet and that's when you bring in the whole storyline of the ashla and the bogan where they they taught them balance not not just the light not just the dark but they were the die bendu they were these bendu they were the they were just the force sensitive beings that used the both the light and the dark side of the force now my theory is is that snoke was a will snoke is part of this group of wills and snoke and snoke was a force user he was a force being 
that the Wills kind of stayed on the outskirts. They just recorded everything. They just kind of were the overseers. They were just watchful. And I feel that Snoke's agenda was that the Force beings, the people that were sensitive to the Force, the Force users, were superior beings. They were stronger. They were they were in tune with the Force. They were they were a higher class than everybody else in the galaxy. So Snoke wanted to rule the galaxy and felt that Force beings should be should put others in oppression. That they should put others down, that they should rule the galaxy, that they were a higher class than everybody. So Snoke broke off from the wills and he took and he had a follower of Bendu with him, which became the Knights of Ren, which were these these groups of Snoke followers who were kind of defected Bendu and there's a battle that takes place. Snoke and these and and his Knights of Ren get banished to the unknown regions. But with all this disruption, it causes a sil- it causes a civil war within the Bendu, where they choose and split sides. Which you either choose the Ashla and the Bogan, and the two sects separating end up becoming the Jedi and the Sith. The Jedi and the Sith battle it out until the Jedi defeat the Sith. The Sith go into hiding. They create the Rule of Two. The Jedi leave. Live peacefully in the, in the New Republic and in the galaxy for thousands of years until Palpatine comes and creates the Empire and takes out the Jedi. So that's the theory. So the theory is that uh, Snow comes back from the unknown regions with the Knights of Ren, and he wants to rule, and his four sensitive beings wants to, wants to rule the galaxy, um, but. Uh, obviously that's why he doesn't want Luke to come back is because he doesn't want anybody to mess with that. All right. I think I follow it. So you're saying Snoke would be a, like a fallen shaman of the wills. Yeah. He's a fallen shaman of the wills and the Knights of Ren are, are, would they have been called the Knights of Ren if that was that long time ago or. Yeah, they could be called the Knights of Ren. They were just a, defected group of Bendu Jedi, which kind of puts a dynamic in it because Well they never explained how Kylo Ren got the name Kylo Ren either. Right, which so, I think will yeah. go into the history of the Knights of Ren, which I think is this group of Dai Bendu that broke off. Which is interesting because then it's because that's why Snoke is so appealed to Kylo Ren because Kylo Ren is is with both the light and the dark. And he's kind of so both Snoke and Luke have similar teachings, but they're just like a different perspective of it. From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view, right? Luke Luke wants to do this to bring balance to the Force and to have peace throughout the galaxy, and Snoke wants to take over. Not so much the Sith because the Sith are all about themselves and they want their own power. That's why the Sith could never survive because it's about me and I want to be the one in place and that's why when we brought it up uh you know that's why you know Vader wants to recruit Luke and get rid of the emperor and and the emperor wants to recruit Luke and get rid of Vader it's it's all you know and as soon as Anakin was ready Palpatine had no had no problem him knocking off Dooku the Sith are all about just what's the best for me as an individual but I think Snoke is saying that the, the Force beings, the, the whole Force-sensitive beings in general, 
should put the rest of the galaxy in oppression because we are superior beings and we shouldn't just wait on the outskirts and just be watchful protectors. We need to be the ones putting these people under oppression. And that's Snoke's agenda. Uh, Also, yeah, go ahead. Also, he calls himself the first order. So, you know, that's another thing too, where he's, you know, he's calling himself the first order because this is the, the first order from way back in the day. Snoke calls uh, himself the First Order? Or you mean the, the group? He, because he calls yeah, the, the group, group the yeah, First Order? Yeah, he names the group the First Order. No, that's not where that comes. At least according mm. to the Empire's End Aftermath, that is refers back to the First Order that Palpatine had for setting up a gal- galactic rule. Mm. And that's Brendel Hux is the first one to bring up that name, the First that's Order. No- knowledge right there. Oof. Well done, So that's Chad. the same orders of like Order 66. It falls under the same thing. Kind of. It, yeah, they're following Palpatine's order, and that's why it's the first order. But it doesn't, doesn't mean that Snoke wasn't involved. We just don't know that at this point. I mean, I do I do like the idea <laughs> of Snoke being, you know, like a fallen shaman of the wills. That makes yeah. sense. You know? I like the ancient part of it, too, that we are going way, way yeah. far back if that's the case. That's cool. Yeah, so you might have something there, B-Nobs. Did you hear that from somewhere, or did you come up with that yourself? I mean, I just, How dare you, Brian? Honest. How dare you? Be no, honest. I mean, I, I just I just look for the similarities and the wills popping up in different places, especially yeah. the Force Awakens and different people. I did more of a study in the wills. Other people online do believe that Snoke is connected to the wills in some way. Um, yeah. But I, I say that he's a fallen shaman of the wills. Um, who's defected, who just, you know, instead of doing their job of just recording and and keeping balance in the force and being watchful, kind of like historians or, or notators, just outside, just, just they're outsiders. He wanted to, he crossed a line where where the wills shouldn't be in, which is they, they're, cool med- theory. they're meddling in the galaxy. It's a very interesting thought. Well, well done. I appreciated the theory. Yeah, I, I think you, you could be onto something there. So, you know, and there's a um, there's a, a story we were going to have in the podcast a little later, but I think it's relevant now since you um, are talking about the wills and, and everything. So um, so this this article, you know, Guardians of the Wills hints at how the force gets balanced. Um, so on Wednesday, a Reddit user posted pages from the Guardians of the Wills book that's coming out, I think, next week. Um, and, uh, it says, uh, apparently several of the pages of the book are simple quotes about the nature of the force and the Jedi and the Sith, um, making the whole thing kind of a collection of meditations about the force. Um, it says there's stuff about the Sith being all about passion as well as, uh, Chirrut, um, from, uh, Rogue One, uh, his famous mantra, the force is with me and I am with the force. Um, but there is a poem that's getting some attention um, because of the trailer, we know in the trailer we hear Luke say, breathe, just breathe. Um, and this little quote says, the moment between breaths is the balance of the force. Between life and death, rest and action, serenity and passion. Um, so some people are making a connection there between that. You missed the yeah. last line. Oh yeah, hope and despair, I apologize. Um, so some people are making the connection between that and, um, the trailer. Um, so kind of interesting in that front, but, uh, let me see if there was anything else. Um, 
yeah, I mean, the book comes out next week. I think it's definitely something that I'll try to read <laughs> um, because it's. I think it is relevant to the Last Jedi. Um, it's considered a, some a good uh, nuggets there. It's considered a young reader's novel. Or a, trying to like, say, Chad, wait, that wait. it'll be perfect for you. Wait, Brian, I thought this Guardians of the Wills book was about Chira and Baze from Rogue One. It. It's part. It's mostly about them, it's, but there's some history to it. I think too. Oh, so what does Correct. this have to do with Episode Eight? It fills. It fills <laughs> in a little bit of the backstory of Baze and Chira. What do you mean Episode Eight? He's trying to say that we oh, shut down his to, connection. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, he's making a all point. Right. He's making a point. <clears throat> yes, yeah, you were right, Brian. Congratulations. I want to seemingly. I mean, we don't listen know back. We, listen back to old that. podcasts. I was right. Yeah, so... Um, Tell your sister that you were right. So there's that. Um, next week that comes out. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how the Guardians of the Wills and the Journal of the Wills and all that stuff plays into it. But, hey, you know, one thing you said, though, and I, I want to... Because I actually watched Rogue One again the other night, and um, you said the Guardians of the Wills weren't necessarily Force-sensitive. But, you know, when I was watching Rogue One the other night, I... You know, Chira, I mean, he had to be Force-sensitive, right? The things he was doing, I mean, how do you, he's blind and the way he can navigate, he, his aim, um, he, he had to be Force-sensitive. Do you guys disagree with that? Not a Force-user, sure but Force-sensitive. He's Force-sensitive, but he's not a Force-user. Correct. Well, you said Force, you didn't think they were Force-sensitive. I, I think they are... They can be like Bayes obviously was not force sensitive. Um, maybe it's because of his belief. You know, he he wouldn't believe. But Chira, there's the only way he could do the things he was doing was to be force sensitive. But I don't think he could fully use the force. You know, he's not a Jedi or somebody like that. Um, anyway, and I was you know as I was watching it too, I was like, man, I'm kind of bummed they killed him off. You know, because he was actually pretty cool. You know, his fight scenes. Um, you know. It, he was a he was a cool character, but uh, but he gone. He gone. Yeah. All right. Um, any more comments on the Guardians of the Wills from you guys? No. We all good. Okay. Uh, so next up, there is um, we got to look at Kylo Ren and Rey's costumes from the Last Jedi. And this is thanks to, if I understand it right, a promotional page for Star Wars Battlefront 2 um, from a games from GameStop Ireland. Um, they it says that it's a it's a slide that promotes a Last Jedi themed expansion pack for pre-orders of the game. And there's two stills, one of Kylo and one of uh, uh, Ray. And it says it's um, thanks. It says it's actually production stills, so it's not just images from the game. So, have you guys had a chance to look at these? Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, so the Ray one, um, it's similar to, and I think we posted it on the Facebook, but the first image we saw of, of uh, Ray was on a an empty toy box um, or a, that's going to be coming out. But uh, it's her holding the lightsaber sideways with the long hair. But this is our first look really at her outfit. And it's very Jedi-esque. Um, you know, it's got like the Jedi robe thing, although it's kind of, she has this belt that makes it less of a robe, if that makes any sense. And um, 
but she looks very Jedi-esque. Would you guys agree? Yes. So very similar to the um, to what Obi Wan and Qui Gon wear in the uh, the prequels. Yeah. Um, and then Kylo, <laughs> Kylo looks pretty much the same, except he just doesn't have a helmet on. Um, but you do see his scar. When his cape um, doesn't have a I, hood me, either. What's that? His cape does not have a hood either. Right, there is no hood. Um, yeah, so there's no hood, no mask, or and uh, you know, and but he does have the scar, and to me that kind of confirms possibly then that we we will have a uh, maskless Kylo Ren for most of Episode Eight, which I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, it is what it is. I heard two well, I rumors: the- one that his cape was it's reminiscent to Darth Vader's cape in the original trilogy. And that he is going to have a mask. Um, obviously, you can see that his mask is, his old one is in shambles on the floor. Uh, maybe from one of his temper tantrums. But uh, supposedly, there's rumors going around that he's going to have a new mask that's more uh, more like his grandfather's in, in Episode 8. Okay. We will see. Alright, moving right along. Um, so next up, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, so this is, um, you know, we talked about the trailer and the, uh, the planet crate, uh, last week, just a little bit about it, but, um, there's some more information about this planet and this is the planet where you see in the trailer, these, uh, these, uh, ships are flying low and they're scraping the ground and the red dust is coming up from the, you know, or the salt, um, from this planet and um so a little background on this uh ryan johnson (laughs) uh so ryan johnson says um the planet's way out there it's very remote it's uncharted it's a mineral planet and so there are mines on it um he says or it says in many ways crate shares many similarities with hoth um from empire strikes back and um, because it's, you know, again, it's a remote location. It's in inho- it's an inhospitable planet where a battle breaks out. Um, but the article says, but unlike Hoth, it's possible Crate is being occupied by both the First Order and the Resistance for its resources. Um, Ryan Johnson mentions of mines indicates the Rebellion once utilized the planet as part of their supply chain before abandoning the outpost. And then, um, so whatever caused, you know, the... Uh, the new Republic decides to, to go back there. Um, and there's also, they make the point that this was, um, this planet popped up in the, uh, rogue one, a star Wars story book, you know, like one of those visual guides, um, where it mentions crate and passing, but it doesn't really say much about it. And now all of a sudden it's, you know, it's going to be in this movie. So it's kind of cool that they're pulling that out. Um, and then, um, there's also a character named Hef Tober. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Um, he's a background character. So um, he was in Rogue One. Um, let me see here. Let's see. He was. He's a rebellion pilot stationed at the Crate Outpost. He was reassigned to Base One on Yavin 4 after Crate was abandoned for reasons currently unknown to fans. As part of Blue Squadron in the Battle of Scarif, he was one of the few members of the Blue Squadron to survive Scarif. Um, 
and then it says means that he's uh, possibly still alive and uh, by the time the last Jedi begins um, let's see says um, See, it says, as it seems unlikely, both sides of the war would just happen to rediscover a remote uncharted planet that happened to once house a rebel base. Perhaps Tober will make the jump from background extra to a secondary character. It's conceivable the resistance is back on crate at the behest or against the warnings of Tober, a veteran of the war with the Empire and someone who would remember the old hidden places of the rebellion. So, anyway, um, I don't think I have much more in Heftober. Uh, I'll read this part quickly from uh, Wikipedia. He was a human male pilot who served as a lieutenant in the Alliance to restore the Republic during the Battle of Scarif. Initially, he was stationed as a transport pilot at the Rebel outpost at Crate. However, when the base was abandoned, he ventured to Yavin 4 and joined Blue Squadron. There, he uh, quickly became one of the most popular Ewing pilots. Um, he took part in the Battle of Scarif under the call sign of Blue 8. But he did not get through the planetary shield over Scarif with a starfighter and therefore supported Green Squadron in orbit around the planet. Um, so there you go. Possibly a new character that we'll see um, who has, so Binam, who has some ties to <gasps> Rogue One. Wow. Uh, you're a freaking genius, Binam. It's like they plan these things ahead of time. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. All right. Here's my other here's my other thing too. They're talking about having a meeting pretty soon about the I read a report today from Kathleen Kennedy about now that they're getting a big chunk of the Han Solo stuff out of the way that they'll finally be able to sit down and plan um the future of the spin-off movies. Yeah. And I feel like they've halted because we all know they they already and they, didn't they say a couple weeks ago they practically confirmed that Obi Wan one movie will happen. It's just has it been confirmed? I'm I'm gonna miss it that. It was kind of insinuated um, in a few interviews, but um, I feel that they're waiting until this whole Wills thing is kind of rolled out, out in uh, Episode Eight before they come out with a Obi Wan solo film. Because him studying the wills is a whole other aspect that they're going to get into it. Alright. Hey, by the way, um, this this was not in the outline, so I'm just going to throw this out there. Did you guys catch that whole thing about Luke or Mark Hamill? Um, uh, gave away the parentage of Ray back in the 80s. It's an interview that he did right after Return of the Jedi, and it, he just basically, and we might have actually already said, seen this and talked about this, but he basically said that um, uh, George Lucas has, you know, back then uh, talked to him about, you know, in 30 or 40 years coming out and doing another Star Wars film where he would basically uh, mentor his child. So I mm. like them apples. <laughs> saying that she's a Skywalker after all? Correct. Hmm. But th- again, that was back in the 80s, but who knows? Um, you know, I haven't heard much on the whole lineage thing lately, but... Um, well, stay tuned to Star Wars Ram Podcast in another week, and you may just hear a debate about that. Correct. Yeah, so maybe Peace I should her. save some of my thoughts on that. But um, anyway, 
So I, I thought I'd throw that out there. Um, and so, yeah, episode uh, nine uh, made some big news because the date is being moved up. Um, you know, lately the Star Wars movies have come out in Christmas time in December. Uh, they announced that Star Wars nine is going to be moved to May for 2019. And, um, and B now I'm going to let you talk about that. Cause you went into this big spiel. <laughs> oh about boy. This. So I, I think you should, uh, my brain should talk hurt. about it. I, I don't think it's, um, I don't think there's any like conspiracy things going on. I think it's a good move. I'm happy about it, but I will, I, I am excited about this and, uh, what this does is it leaves a big hole to be filled. Um, and Sony Pictures, I'm proud to announce, has stepped up and announced that Masters of the Universe, in other words, He-Man, uh, will, be, better than Dolph Lundgren. will be out December 18th, 2019. Now, I know this is a Star right. Wars rant <laughs> podcast, but I'm just going to tell you right now. I mean, He-Man, it's right up there with me. Brian Star loves Wars, himself so. some He-Man. I love me some He-Man. been but reading the He-Man vs. Thundercats comics. Uh, I read He-Man Eternity for War. I cannot get enough of He-Man. And I know that sounds really weird as I'm saying it out loud. But, <laughs> you uh, can't get enough of that He-Man. <laughs> I grew up with it, you know what I mean? And it was... Oh, uh, yeah. Love me some Adam. <laughs> <laughs> So weird. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so fear not. So, so you're gonna have Star Wars in May, and then you know, again, if you're a fan of the '80s, you're gonna sure. have He-Man in December. I mean, that's gonna be a great year. So, um, so there's that. But being up back to the uh, change of the date. Why don't you share? You know, don't go too crazy on us, but share some of your conspiracy theories in regards to uh, why they're moving these dates around. Okay, I have a couple of conspiracy theories about why they moved the date around. Well, number one, they're moving the Han Solo movie to May of next year. So that's the first time that we're going to get a... Uh, I'm correct on that. It's coming out next May. May of 2018. When, when was it originally or? supposed to come out? No, I'm talking about the Han Solo movie. May of 18. Right. So am I. Um, no, that was the date that it was originally set. Oh, okay. okay. was May of 18. Now they did... Uh, Force Awakens in 20, uh, 20, December 2015, Rogue One December of 2016, then a year later. Uh, so they're doing uh, like on and off years for the saga story. So the issue is, number one, the issue is that they're making a spinoff movie in May now, which kind of sets off that that Changes every year, the, every yeah, year right. thing, because they don't have a movie in December. Right. Um, so it's either... Since they're doing the six month thing from December to May, they either make us wait a year and a half for another Star Wars movie or just a year. So I appreciate them not making us wait a year and a half rather than a year. That's and theory that's, number one. That's, that's when the movies used to come out anyway, right? Like right. Star Wars always came out in May. Correct. Yes. Right. It was always that third week in May. Um. So, you know, I'm fine with that. Number two. There is a looming writer strike kind of brewing, and uh, that made a lot of big effects going on with um, uh, with with different movies and TV shows. So you always have to prepare for that because usually the writer strike in two thousand seven and eight affected a lot of TV shows and movies, and you know it had like an eighteen eighteen month uh, 
delay on mostly movies, TV shows. It had a little bit of a sooner effect. They just shortened their seasons. And obviously late night television shows were completely off the air for a time. That's when everybody grew their beards. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, but it would be the same effect. So if the writer strike kicks in this year, obviously it's going to affect movies. And that's why there was a lot of movies on uh, on Disney Slake from Pixar movies to... Uh, other animated movies that were all pushed back. It wasn't just the uh, just Star Wars affected. Um, the last thing is there is reports this week that Rain Johnson said that he has he has nothing to do. He didn't write the treatment and he has nothing to do with the writing of Episode Nine. That's all on the director um, and I can't even pronounce it. It's Colin something. I don't even know his last. It starts with a T. I can't pronounce it, so I'm not even gonna try because I'll just embarrass myself on the podcast. And Doug something. Um, anyway, it's the team. If you want to look it up, it's the team from that wrote Jurassic World. They're the ones that are teaming up to write Episode Nine, and then Colin is directing it. So um, another thing too is they did give Rain Johnson a little bit extra wiggle room because they delayed Episode Eight. Uh, which Ryan. I think kind of set Ryan, set this Ryan. course too, um, but they have, um, but they probably needed more time just to make sure the story is right. So those are my th- conspiracy theories on why they moved back the date. There you go. Didn't you guys miss me last week? I got a lot to say. Yeah, it's <laughs> Ryan Johnson, by the way. No, Ryan. So. It's spelled rain. Okay. No. No. Not not true. <laughs> What am I saying? My <laughs> so saying um, your name spelled brain. Yeah, my name's not brain. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so uh, moving right along, Chad. Why don't you hit this next one um, about uh, the Han Solo film? Yeah, so back to the Han Solo film, and you are right. May twenty fifth, twenty eighteen is when that's coming out. Um, Amelia Clark is playing a unspecified lead female role. Um, if you're not familiar, Amelia Clark is also Daenerys, Mother of Dragons, Queen of the Andors, and all the other things from Game of Thrones, the TV show on HBO. Um, and she has come out and said they did some interviews with her and said she's actually more afraid of talking about Star Wars than she is of talking about Game of Thrones seasons. Um, and Game of Thrones is super, super popular. Um, a lot of secrecy goes on with that uh, that show as well, um, and they're sworn to secrecy. And she says she's more terrified to speak and interview about Star Wars because she's afraid she's going to mess up. Um, but they've they don't tell them anything. The way it sounds from her interview is that they don't give the actors any more information than they need um, regarding the script and what's going on. So um, it's kind of cool to hear someone that's you know playing a unknown pretty lead pretty big role she's a pretty uh pretty big actress well known um and that she doesn't even know everything that's going on so it's exciting you know the mystery and the not knowing is exciting and knowing that it's that tight-lipped um is pretty cool too so all right any other uh you guys got any other news that you saw this week or anything else you want to talk about before we jump into thrawn that's all i got I take your silence as a no. All right. So uh, Chad has um, been reading Thrawn for us, which we appreciate that, Chad. I appreciate it. Um, I don't have time to read books. 
you know. Yeah. So, good uh, luck with that Journey of the Wills book. Sure. Well, it's a you know, uh, I can I'll power through that one. You know, it's a children's young reader. Book. He can handle yeah, I should it. be able to. I should be able to handle that. There's probably pictures. Young, young you know. adult. It's yeah. Have pictures will probably help me. Brian's um, gonna stick to the visual guides. Yeah. yeah. So, Chad, let's uh, you know, let's hear it. Let's hear some Thrawn. Entertain us it's, with your stories. Uh, I didn't bring the book with me, which usually I'll have it in front of me when I talk about the books, so I can refresh my memory. Um, it's really good. I'll say that much right now. Um, I never read the Timothy Zahn Thrawn trilogy back in the was it the early two thousands? I think when those were written. Um, I did not read those, uh, so I'm unfamiliar with. I mean, I'm familiar with Thrawn to the point that Star Wars fans are that are have not read the books, know who he is and things like that, but don't really know. Not familiar with the names and the background that are from the expanded universe, so I'm not getting any like nostalgia or. Oh, they mentioned that name, and that's from the old old books. I don't know any of that, but I, from what I understand, there are throwbacks to that in the book. So, not knowing those things, I'm still finding it super interesting. I would uh, friend of the show, Dave Mann, winner of last week's debate podcast, Pete um, Brian North, <laughs> had texted me the other day and was like, you know, I want to. He drives a bus for a singing group across the country, pretty much like five out of the seven days of the week and he listens to a lot of podcasts and he said you know i kind of want to get into this reading thing so i'll do the audible and he goes which yeah this reading thing so i'm gonna listen um try Uh uh-huh yeah he's like i'm gonna be like brian and i'm gonna power through it um (laughs) he so he said uh you know of all the star wars canon books he texts me since i'm familiar where should i start which one should i go with and so i gave him like my top three that i you know like if you're gonna start for just exciting reads um my top one was lord of lords of the sith which is uh palpatine invader crash land on a planet and you get to see palpatine be the sith lord that he is um and then i put thrawn number two that's how much i'm enjoying this one um it's it starts off exciting and you get to see what we've seen in rebels his tactician and you know planning mind that he has as an admiral um you get to see where that comes from and develop you get some chiss background which is his race um you see where the almost racism is with him um as he's in the imperial imperial academy um what does he like say oh it's because i'm blue isn't it yeah (laughs) so it is Is because of the color of my fur no it's but they do they do definitely give a uh they don't trust him and and they definitely pick on not pick on him that sounds like child you know recess but um the his peers take that blue boy <laughs> his his peers tr- go out of their way to either get him in trouble um try to put him in situations where he can't you know he's he's just gonna look bad um but it but starts he's off on he's gonna strategize out of their little schemes in the recess it, that's pretty much exactly it um, in, in certain cases. Um, without really rehashing everything, and I'm I'm maybe a third through the book at this point, um, it starts off with him, with the Imperial garrison landing on this planet, and I forget exactly why they go there, but there's some materials or something they need to pick up. They set up camp on this planet, and they keep, as they're there, 
they're getting sabotaged and it seems like a group of people is trying to you know coming in and stealing stuff setting off grenades just messing with them and they can't figure it out um and they can never they they just have a hard time they don't know they never see the people they never hear them but things are happening and he basically tricks his way and it's thrown he he maneuvers and tricks his way onto their shuttle back up to the star destroyer and is able to basically get off this planet which we find he was exiled by his home world um they exiled him from their military from their planet because his methods did not go coincide with what they as a race um, believed and did and that is basically they would only attack or have military action if they were attacked first and he he keeps mentioning that there is a threat from from outside the galaxy that my you know our general region and the his home planet's from the unknown regions. It's way out there. People don't really know about his race. It's a legend. Um, they've got stories and things that kids are told about the Chiss that are just like unbelievable because they don't know about them very well. And he is foreseeing and seeing something coming that is going to be a danger to not just his planet but also the entire galaxy. And because he wanted to preemptively strike and preemptively make some maneuvers, he was exiled. Um, and left on this planet all by himself. So he is brought to the commander that's in charge of this this vessel, and he says he needs to talk to Palpatine. And it says he has a message for Palpatine that he needs to talk to him. Um, and he becomes attached to this uh, cadet, and I forget his name, but he basically, this cadet is from the Outer Rim, and he is familiar with the language that Thrawn speaks. And so he is kind of attached to him as a translator. And as Thrawn continues on in this book, he's basically like his aide. He goes with him everywhere, begrudgingly at first. Gets to know Thrawn, knows Thrawn better than anyone else does. Um, and basically helps him out. Because there are some language barriers at first. So eventually, this captain of the Star Destroyer takes him, tells, sends a message to Palpatine that he has this person... Thrawn from the unknown regions he's a chiss and Palpatine says bring him to me um and so they bring him to Coruscant they go to the Imperial Palace and Thrawn this captain and his aide are brought before Palpatine which is a big deal it doesn't happen and especially from someone that's an outsider and Thrawn is brought before them he translates and talks to him and gives him information about the unknown regions um, saying that there's a threat out there. And as we know, Palpatine know, has plans and foresees things and knows things. And so he thanks the captain for bringing him in and dismisses everyone. Even tries to get rid of Thrawn's aid, but but Thrawn. Thrawn says, no, he stays with me because I need, I need him. Even though he really probably doesn't. So Emperor says, fine, you can keep him here. And he has a conversation. He says, so why are you really here? And that's where I think we read the excerpt before the book came out where Thrawn says, Anakin Skywalker told me I had to meet you. He said, I met Anakin, and Anakin told me about you. And Palpatine says, Anakin told me about you as well. So they have a conversation about Thrawn becoming part of the military 
Empire organization. So wait, says, what's the what's the timeline here? Like, so when where this, is this? Uh, see, this would be before Rebels. Um, so this would be this would be post uh, episode three. This would be after. Yeah, this would be after the the Empire has set up. There are still senators. So in between um, Revenge of the Sith and Rebels. Yeah. There are still senators um, that exist, so the Senate still is in in operation. But Vader is Vader. So um, is he? So he's saying Anakin met him as Anakin or as Vader? As Anakin. Okay. As Anakin, supposedly during the Clone Wars, sometimes right, sometime during the Clone Wars, and when he was Chancellor but, Palpatine, not Emperor Palpatine. But that was never shown, obviously, in like the Clone Wars. No. Cartoon. Correct. Okay. I'm so they had a meeting, Continue. and he was told the Palpatine as Chancellor and Anakin. We know he admired Chancellor Palpatine even before he became his, you know, apprentice as Darth Vader. Um, and opposed uh, 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 apparently, uh, Anakin told Palpatine of Thrawn as well. And Palpatine is interested because of the unknown regions where he's from, and is supposedly whatever this threat is that is coming, Thrawn is capable and. Were better equipped than some of his other admirals to handle it because of where he's from, and so the the emperor basically fast tracks him into imperial training, and him and this aide go to an imperial training academy on Coruscant, which is basically reserved for only the elite, you know, families, kids that have connections, um, the ones that are the affluent part of the imperial navy. And so immediately this kid from the Outer Rim and this unknown region alien are, you know, ostracized. And they are the outsiders. They are not accepted. But uh, Thrawn, he just does super well immediately um, and outthinks everyone, even his superiors. And he works his way into favor with his superiors. And there's a couple hijinks where, you know, he strategizes his way out of him getting in trouble as Binab alluded to. And it's just, the book is really good. Um, and it gives you a insight into who Thrawn is and how he thinks. And having watched Rebels and knowing, you know, how he has carried himself thus far in there, um, knowing his background gives that character more, um, there's just more to him. And it makes it so much more interesting. So, there hasn't been a lot of battles, you know, the action sequences that would make the book interesting like Lords of the Sith would be. But the historical part and the alluding to the unknown regions and what that could mean, maybe in this book even, um, is super, super interesting. So if you like to read or you have Audible or you can power through something with words on paper, I definitely recommend uh, picking up Thrawn. And the real cool thing about too. You know, Thrawn is blue, red eyes, white coat. When you take off the jacket of the book, the cover is white. It has a blue spine and it has red, you know, like where they do the threading, or you know, around the edges of the book, the, the, the I don't know, like at the top and the bottom. And the words are all red. So it's like real nice. It's, it's, <laughs> it's in its Thrawn getup. Yeah, the, the book is, is Thrawn. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's, cool. it's, it's, it's a nice touch and it's, it's kind of neat attention to detail. So I guess that's all I'll ramble about for now. And, uh, hopefully 
maybe not next week because of the debate, but the week after that. Uh, hopefully, maybe I can get it finished. No, it's good. Appreciate that. Yeah. So next week, uh, the next series in our debate. So uh, a couple weeks ago, B Knob uh, devastatingly and and um, unceremoniously lost to Dave Mann. I mean, it was it was a beatdown. You know, it's kind of like one of those Facebook videos that, like, you see and you don't want to watch it, and you know, and um, but you do. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> but you do. So, um, wow. But being up, you know, he had to take a week off to recover <laughs> and kind of lick his wounds, and he's back this week. So, thank you, being up, for, for not quitting the podcast and coming back. I do appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but next week. Um, Chad and I will have our debate. Uh, the questions are being, uh, put together by b and Dave Mann, um, uh, which we've already received the questions. We're putting our answers together and, uh, the questions will be refined, um, once we do that. And, so of um, course, Brian will not be on the following week's podcast after next week as he will have to sure. lick his wounds. I'm, I'm very, very confident that, uh. I win. Now, I will say you are a dynamic personality, Chad, and I will have to overcome your enthusiastic <laughs> answers with my monotone common sense. But uh, I do believe that I will prevail. Um, so we'll have that debate uh, next week. So look forward to that. And of course, this all depends when this podcast actually gets up on the air. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, but either way, it will definitely be after this podcast. So episode number 39 will be that debate. Um, and then we'll see where it goes after that. So that's all I got. I think we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, I appreciate uh, Chad and B-Nob coming on again tonight and doing their thing. Uh, be sure to listen to the beatdown next week of Chad Viss. And until then, have a great week. Wrong. Wrong.